like for breakfast? Welcome to what would you like for breakfast? Political edition. Ooh. Yeah. Getting into getting into the presidential election in America. You've probably heard it's happening. Happened. Still happening. Still happening. Depends who you ask whether it's whether it's over, over or not. not. Yeah. <laughs> we are joined today with political pundit Arthur. Political pundits. Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Arthur. I'm a university student. I think I know politics. I try to act like I do. Um, <laughs> I've got a big interest in the US election. Um, and yeah, I'm just, it's a fun, it's a fun topic. It's, it's, it's a so, so uh, controversial and hilarious. It's yeah. borderline, borderline Shakespearean. With <laughs> yeah. that, with, uh, the dramas and follow. I was just telling Jake about Trump's, Trump's succession of tweets in the early hours of the morning. Still claiming he's won the election. Still saying that Obama spied in his campaign. It's uh, it's so so exciting. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. It's comedy genius. It is good. It's it's nice to be able to watch it, mm. kind of from afar. If I was American, I'd be more concerned. I remember when me and you Arthur watched mm. the election debates with Biden and Trump, and it was, if you took it too seriously, it was quite terrifying. That yeah. These were the guys. Like these were the nominations, mm. and then we'd remind each other that it doesn't affect us too much we live in England and then it was just funny then it was yeah. entertaining again but we kind of switch from back and isn't forth. this awful to isn't this entertaining so we're going to try and work out which yeah. it is like that, <laughs> the problem you've kind of you've got two old white candidates uh one is a sexist border you know a pussy grabbing <laughs> state of a man that has very horrible nationalist populist views and one is a old man sleepy on a mm. cognitive decline yeah. who really shouldn't be he'll be 82 by the time he ends uh, his, his term as president so you really you kind of stuck in rock and a hard place between really motivational happy candidates that's going to really drive a good political discussion it's not mm. it's not gonna fucking happen no i wouldn't be so confident of our kind of uh, invulnerability of America's terribleness. Yeah. You know what I mean, like yeah. we could like, if shit hits the fan there, which is very close to doing, I feel like. Yeah. Then shit could also hit the fan here. Yeah. I think we're kind of connected to this quote unquote culture war, which is supposed to be going on that has basically been the main premise of the election yeah. it's been corona and it's been like leftist insurgents yeah. taking over and burning down cities um as far as the ideological debate has been yeah. going that's been trump's main thing and corona has been biden's main thing yeah so both of those things actually do affect us um and you could certainly argue that bojo is like not a million miles away from trump no. But he's more kind of um, corporate backed in the same way yeah. as Biden is, and also I think Boris Johnson also has got. I mean, it's a bad, but he has got a political experience beforehand. He, and he also is a, I believe, he's a one nation Tory, so he has some socially liberal views. He's a supporter of same sex marriage. He's a mm. he's a, uh, a guy that really is, you know, he has got some liberal views, but he's quite economically uh, hard on some areas, and, and and especially with sort of 
funding to place like the NHS and stuff. He doesn't really mm. have much interest in that. Whereas Trump is very much America first. I mean, we saw that with the fact he pulled out, I think, of every major uh, organization like the Paris Climate Accord um, in order to establish a America first mm. uh, idea, which doesn't really make any sense because, you know, the idea is the fact that with the Paris Climate Accord, it would help everyone, including the Americans, kind of separating yourself out of that is going to overly damage yeah. uh, the, the the kind of the efforts of people trying to change the climate, which, but then obviously Trump's a climate denier. He doesn't believe in climate change. So uh, I do see the point. Why would you be in something when you don't believe in it? Which is... Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's all kind of short term, like ideological points with Trump, isn't it? Like he'll say something like, right, we're building a wall. We're banning Muslims. We're coming out of these climate agree- agreements. We're not going to pay for this and that and the other. And then actually, like, he hasn't really been able to do all that much no. to back up these claims. And I think um, that's probably been more of an issue for him than all the, like, things that he's done that we would think, mm. are, like damaging to his reputation actually it's not going through it's not all the horrible things he's threatened to do and say but it's actually him not backing them up which has actually been his downfall if you look at who like he got more votes this time than last Mm. time which is kind of nuts well what's evident with the election is there's a very clear divide between the radical left of the defund the police the uh you know these really hard socialists that, you know, you see in New York, in Minneapolis and places like that, you know, the AOC followers. And then you've got the middle of the road Republicans who don't support that. So for example, there was a situation where one of the Democrat congresswomen who got elected uh, back in the, during the election said that Democrats should stop using the term socialist or socialism because it scares Midwesterns too much. You know, they, you know, where it's easy for people like AOC in, in you know her New York 14th district to, to say let's defund the police and let's have this really radical change because she has no opposition. She has no chance that she wins those places by a landslide. When you're in Virginia, it's a bit harder to do it. And, and these middle Americans don't like the idea of defunding the police and don't like the uh, the idea of, of very liberal views because they're quite socially conservative in some aspects. So yeah, that's the problem that we're seeing right now in the, De- in the Democrat party. People... People in this country, though, love AOC. Everyone you speak yeah. to loves my, AOC. My, my old college teacher, she she absolutely loves him. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, she, I remember I saw the um, the Netflix documentary they did, This House, where it was, like, talking about... Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. ...about the uh, the four socialist women that uh, to get into COVID. And I thought, and it was really good. It was really interesting how she AOC kind of broke through the, the kind of the glass wall of the establishment and, and became this radical leftist which i think is is is, you know engaging and exciting for for american politics especially at that time when it was so bleak in the the peak of trump of trumpism it's interesting that she's similar to bernie sanders um Mm. who is also like pretty far left um but also both of them have this big grassroots base yeah their their um donors especially are like individual people mm-hmm. um, paying quite small amounts, but there's a lot of them. Whereas if you look like, if I mean, if you look at Biden, um, everyone on Wall Street, everyone on in Silicon Valley, 
they all like donated to yeah. him, like millions and millions of dollars to him. Um, so there is this like pushing away from people like Bernie and AOC who are popular, at least to an extent. You're right, probably not in like yeah. the kind of Bible Belt areas, but in these places where Democrats are getting the votes on the on the coasts mm. and in the big cities, um, it's actually the individuals in those areas are managing to have some kind of impact on a grassroots level. There's a massive difference, I think, between sort of... There's, I think there's, there's two types of Democrats. There's the New York and the California Democrats who are really socially liberal, usually, you know, <clears throat> university educated and haven't got a... It, it, you can see the same with the, uh, the Labour Party here. You know, you've got like, the London Cosmopolitan Labour Party, which is university educated, can't see why you know anyone else would vote for Labour uh, for the Conservatives, sorry. And then you've got the like this the the, the Northeast Labour, the the, the, the Labour heartlands. So you get that the kind of Democrats in in sort of like Texas or in in like Wyoming and places like that. Or for example, uh, Wisconsin, where they were where they won the election. Like they're very different mm. types. Of, and that's the thing I think that Joe Biden did very well is because he's, he's a a down the road on the right of the left of the, the Democrat party and a, and a kind of a career politician that you can rely on to an extent because they've known him for so long. That's why he yeah. did so well in certain he's, states. Yeah, he's very easy to sell to a Republican who is a bit yeah. worried about... So it's like Arizona. <clears throat> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. About Arizona. like the rashness of Trump. Um, maybe it was worth taking that risk in 2016 against Hillary to see... Yeah if he could shake things up. But now you've had four years, you've seen he's all talk. And if you're this kind of suburban Republican Democrat type of mm. voter, you think it's probably not worth the risk. We've had our fun. We'll get yeah. Biden back in and kind of go back to normal. Also because Hillary Clinton was such a terrible, was such a hated cat. I mean, I don't yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't, yeah. see, like, I <clears throat> didn't fully understand at the time why she was so hated. Well, she eats babies. She, yeah, she, she <laughs> Sacrifices babies to Satan. I mean, I, I remember seeing something from her recently <laughs> saying that uh, she said, "I'm still waiting for this uh, legal prosecution." That I remember in one of the debates. Yeah, lock her up. Yeah, lock Donald, up. Donald Trump was like, <laughs> you know, if I become president, I'm going to have a full legal team to look mm. into your situation. So it, it never happened. Yeah, that's another thing that he just said, and it probably got him a lot of votes as yeah. well. The fact that he was like, "Oh, I'm going to lock up the Clinton. We're going to look at the Clinton Foundation and do all this." And even, even when like the uh, the Access Hollywood, the, uh, the Grab It by the Pussy video came out, mm. and I thought, when I, at the time, I was like, "He's done. There's, 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 yeah, no, there's no way you can be a president <laughs> after that has come out." And he go and he goes like, you know, he it. goes, yeah, because like uh, that was locker room talk. Uh, my words, his reaction. Bill Clinton actually, mm. yeah, like to completely. Be fair. <laughs> Evaded it. I mean, yeah. He, he nailed it by, like, was it the next rally? Yeah. He just had a victim of Bill Clinton. Yeah, and then, and then the next, <laughs> the, the next yeah, well. uh, presidential debate, he had four of the, like, four victims of Bill Clinton like, on the front mm. row. I was like, you are a Bold. fucking genius. Like, <laughs> that, that is how, you, like, if there's any way of a situation to get out of it, that's the way to do it. I was like, that is horrible. And it's like, yeah, snaky, snaky man. But, like, Fair play, like yeah, that's that's he, his campaign team absolutely because that would have been his idea. That would have been sort of mm. right. We're going to get this way by saying, "Well, you did this. You literally had a twenty-year-old, yeah, suck your pecker in it in um <laughs> in the fucking Oval Office." Yeah, <laughs> Hillary Clinton like didn't really do anything though. She just kind of remained silent and then like expected Trump to like run himself into the ground. Yeah. But then, but and then like 
Zizek, he was he said like part of Trump's uh part of the reason people like Trump is due to his like imperfection and due to like the fact he's similar to like the common man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think that's and, the sorry. And was... you go. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a a a, a, a journal I saw that someone said that Donald Trump is what white working class people see him as as an aspiration, like because he's mm. so he's he's white, straight, apparently very rich, very bold and brash, and doesn't you know doesn't like to not talk about his money. Yeah. You know, I think he was projected as a, a net worth of. Uh, about two or three billion, but he likes to say it's in the 17, 18, 19 billion area. He, he's a very brash man. Mm. And I think a lot of people can want to aspire to be like, you know, yeah, definitely. In, in working class rural America. That's why I think he, he, had a, he had a voice there. Yeah. But like, so we obviously we all hate Trump, mm-hmm. but is this so, well, two things. Why do people so many people, blah, 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 blah. I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people vote for him? Why do so many people vote for him? Because like people you and I meet, and I feel like most people we know are all like left wing. And that is like such a big bubble. Mm. And most of us like rarely meet anyone that votes right wing. Like 95% of my interactions are with people that are left wing. And then like when it comes to voting, half the population votes the other way. And so, like, what is going on? Where are these people? Why can't we see them? And then also, another thing, like, are AOC and Bernie Sanders, like, too left-wing? Like, is is the, like, danger of, like, some, like, dangerous socialist violent uprising in America? Yeah, I, I think the to answer both of those questions, like, it's basically the anti... There's a big anti-establishment vote there are a lot of people in our country and especially in America who have the instinct that they're they're being fucked over by people who are making millions and millions of pounds. And all the politicians seem to be friends with all these people who you feel like you're kind of being um, not like exploited, maybe not exploited, but you're, you're kind of, it's, it's an unfair, unlevel playing field. And so if someone like Trump comes in and kind of pretends to be this populist, drain the swamp, saviour person, that is not only appealing to the anti-establishment like base and voters, but also the actual establishment of like the political and like business, big business and donor class. They're actually quite comfortable with that kind of populist being in power because it's quite obvious that he's essentially just kind of a narcissist who wants power and enjoys feeling like he's a man of the people but he's not really going to enact any serious change whereas anti-establishment people on the left like Bernie Sanders and AOC if they got into power and had enough of the kind of legal and political apparatus behind them, they actually do want to enact real change that will affect this politician, donor, big business class. So I think that's why, in my opinion, right-wing populism always does better than left-wing populism because the kind of 
all, all the establishment can do to put people off voting for people like Trump is say, look how bad of a person he is, look how immoral he is, look all these terrible things he says. But if you if you are an anti-establishment person, <clears throat> you probably don't trust and you certainly don't like the people on CNN and the BBC and Channel 4 News and whoever who are telling you how bad of a person Trump is and how you can't vote for him. And then you, it's, it's like a middle finger, whereas Bernie Sanders and AOC they can't even get through to the Democratic nominations um, because they actually represent a danger, I think, to the to the establishment. Whereas Trump is kind of, and and think people like Nigel Farage and even Boris Johnson in our country, I think they're kind of pseudo populists, um, and they don't actually represent too much danger to the to the status quo. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say also I think with Donald Trump, if I look at his 2016 election, he I think he just he offered a change. I mean, it was a damning, horrible, nasty change, but it was a change on the left. Like for example, can you remember any of Hillary Clinton's policies in 2016? No, no. no. What can you remember from Trump? Is it is it you know build that wall? Yeah, like, you know you remember it's, it's the same happened with uh, Boris Johnson. These simple phrases, I build that wall. Get yeah. Brexit done. Yeah, it works so well for that undecided voter that wants simplistic answers for quite complex ideas. Mm. So you know, the idea that w- what Donald Trump did, you know, in his changes is quite for something that's so complex like immigration, especially immigration in America coming from the border. You know, it's so simple. Let's just build a fucking wall, and that will, <laughs> and that will just stop it. You know, not take consideration the fact that they, that most drug cartels go by the the oceans or over on the. You know, just build a wall and that's going to deal with it. That's how he works. And people will think, okay, well, who, why has no one thought this before? Yes, this is... Yeah. And he was so passionate about it and was very... <clears throat> and because Trump was... I don't know how, for someone his age who sleeps a maximum of five hours a day, uh, could do so many rallies, but he was doing yeah. rally after rally after... And it was a little bit grassroots because he kept mm, working yeah. at the core, at these core towns. He, he, he would go to really sort of rural counties and towns to... To do it and, and near a place that Hillary Clinton wouldn't even bother, she kind of put her snidey career politician nose up at it. She, did, she wouldn't want to deal with it. Yeah. So that's what he did to win. And I think he would have, in my view, as I was saying, I think he would have won this election mm. had it not been for oh, electoral fraud. For ele- <gasps> I can't believe Don't trust the mail in ballot. It's a good spirit. It's lamestream media. The lamestream media. It was, um, <laughs> had it not been for um, his, uh, his, hand, his, his lack of empathy for the coronavirus pandemic and the Black Lives Matter, uh, the George Floyd killing. He, um, I remember when he, uh, the, the best thing about it, which I thought was hilarious, well, not hilarious, but like, just shows you who Trump was as a character, was, when he went to do Bible photo shoot, mm. and he like almost like skinny like he tear gassed or yeah, he yelled, moved the protest out of the way, held a Bible in the most awkward way, <laughs> and then when was when he was asked like oh so you know you're religious so I'm a very religious man, so so what what uh, are you old or new testament? He said well I'm both, I'm both. <laughs> and what's your favorite? What's your favorite uh, like poem? What's your favorite? He said well that's a very personal question. It's like because you don't you're not religious at all. This is a purely yeah. He couldn't think of anything yeah, exactly. In the Bible. He, um, you know, and it's some of the things he said over the course, you know, over the course of his presidency, like uh, from the, the uh, Charlottesville 
racist uh the, the Charlottesville wasn't a right good people yeah. on both sides good people on both stuff. sides yeah, yeah the um he's even when he turned the George Floyd thing when he was getting people back to work said it, it was something that George Floyd would be proud of it's like you just don't yeah you don't get it do you like yeah you, but then you've got Joe Biden saying that like if you don't vote for me mm. you ain't black yeah it's like who like yeah, the problem is like, stop both you. both sides are just totally mm. clueless they're still both mm. trying to do this bullshit identity politics yeah. which is like right we'll get the black vote because yeah. black people all vote the same way we'll get the college educated vote because yeah. they all vote the same way we'll get the women vote instead yeah. of saying like why don't we have uh some policy and some ideas and people who agree with us no matter what they look like or who they have sex with or mm. any of this stuff will vote for us or not vote for us instead it's just this pathetic like pandering yeah to anyone you think might be yeah for grabs in terms of undecided voters yeah yeah 20 percent of black people voted for trump fact check 20 percent of black men voted for trump about 12 percent total from the latest polls yeah he um upped his numbers in all minorities the only did he uh, yeah the only, was... the only demographic that he did worse in than last time was white male voters everyone else he increased his vote share with it's interesting that's his core base yeah so you've got to stop shoving this shit down yeah. people's throats i think yeah yeah because yeah the only reason for that would be is that this like whole narrative of identity politic narrative is like not working and that like it didn't work with hillary mm. but then i feel like it's they haven't like learned their lesson no, with biden and now they're just still doing the same thing yeah, and this then like, yeah. should have been handed some on a plate. Yeah, how bad Trump was doing in the coronavirus pandemic. So there's, there's a mixing. Like the poll. This is one also. The polling needs to be sorted. It's it's it's, it's been so wrong on both elections. Now they were saying what Trump Biden was up 11 points mm. by the time of the election, and yet he only just squeezed the win. This was a handed some on a on a plate, and they still couldn't do it. I mean, this the Republicans still this. The people voted. It wasn't a rejection of Republican ideals. It was a rejection of Trump. I mean, the Senate still got uh, its majority. Still, it still kept it, and they even made seats in the House of Representatives. So mm. the people weren't going against Republican values. They were just going against how bad Trump was. I mean, this really you got won't... more. You got more votes though this time. Yeah, more mm. people voted, so everyone yeah. got more votes. Like, yeah. yeah. But it's the interesting thing for me is that those demographics all bumped up like percentage yeah wise, yeah yeah. So I, I, yeah i've got it now so in 2016 eight percent of black people voted for trump and in this one 20 percent of black people voted for trump right and like, i feel like most people you'd speak to would be very surprised about yeah that. absolutely yeah um mm -hmm. especially if you listen to anything a democrat says on american politics you know yeah. um i think people are sick of being patronized and yeah being told oh, well you can't possibly vote for trump so we don't have to offer anything other yeah. than our anti-trumpness and it's not good enough for people yeah there's a problem with the, the one rule for them one rule for us i mean that you get a prime example that happens in britain but i remember the story broke of nancy pelosi what not wearing a mask to go to a beauty salon Okay. And like after telling, literally telling people to wear a mask, but she just, and they were like, "There you go." I know you probably forgot to wear it, but that is a visual representation 
Ooh. of one rule for us and one rule for you. Yeah. And, and that is bad for a career politician in and, San Diego. Yeah. And the way they dealt with that is they tried to pull it off as a hoax. They said, like, oh, the um, the owner of the, the salon yeah. set me up and I didn't know they were going to film me. And it's like, Ronzo, how far are yeah. you away from these Trump Why are you so deep in this lokes? Like, rather than you just accept it, like just set, accept it as a misjudgment of the situation yeah. and move on. Don't try and worm and weasel your career politician body out of it. Yeah. It's everyone dad, can smell it. Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone can it's terrible. And this is what career politicians need to learn in the US is you can't have this you know, once I know there's this idea that once you've been in politics for so long, you've got so much power, like Nancy Pelosi does. I mean, there's the thing if if um yeah, yeah, if Trump and Pence both die, then Nancy Pelosi's the next in line to be president. Mm. She's the third most powerful uh politician. But so she, you know, once you got that power, sometimes you think that you can, you're above the rules that you've set out. Yeah. And ultimately it comes back to bite you because that's why not a lot of people like her. Mm. Well, I, so just returning to the thing of like, we rejected Trump and I feel like it's not a rejection of Trump because he's still got like almost half the votes. So there's yeah. still this whole population in America, which like wants Trump and Trumpian values. And yeah, like the world is very much like seems to be very split in two against yeah. along like ideological lines. Mm -hmm. And it's not good that that is the case. No. Well, the, again, like the only people who have who have been swayed, like the, the Trump voters who after four years have decided they don't want Trump. All those people are wealthy, college educated mostly white suburban mm -hmm. or big city, you know, metropolitan city areas who presume, I mean, I'm gonna assume that, that basically the only reason they've swapped is because it's just better for them. They just think a more kind of stable environment back to the status quo. I mean, <clears throat> you can't have more of an endorsement of going back to the Obama style politics, which we surely have to recognize now birthed Trump. Yeah. Like if Obama has eight years with Joe Biden, everyone thinks it's a great victory for liberal politics and the left wing. The very next election, Donald Trump gets elected, which is like the biggest rejection of that you can really imagine. Yeah. And then the only way Trump then gets rejected is to revert back to the exact same thing that kind of left so many people disenfranchised enough to vote for Trump in the first place. So, I, yeah, I think no one has really dealt with the Trump voter and that kind of yeah. instinct that everything is fucked and we need some strong man to go in there and drain the swamp. Yeah. That's the thing as well. You've got to cut. The problem as well is that Trump's following, you know, there's a core Midwestern, middle aged Christian following that he has. I mean, this is why it was genius when they brought Mike Pence on as the yeah, VP that's because he's a, hard, been a big yeah, Republican thing, hasn't it? He was, he's obviously a very, very evangelical Christian, Christian man. Right. Yeah. yeah so he was, he, he was kind of seen as almost a stabilizer, you know, and that's what I think brought a lot of things to Trump. But Trump was quite, you know, out there and very wacky, very uh, unpredictable. But Mike Pence is very, rigid and very mm. down the road and very christian yeah um so that's why i think you know that, that really helped to 
boost Trump's numbers obviously in the 2016 election. Um, and I think, but they obviously, and I believe that Mike Pence did a really, really good job in the VP debates with Kamala Harris. I mean, they, they both did well, but I still think the way that Pence handled himself and, and kind of really did dissect and break down every one of Kamala Harris's uh, arguments yeah. was good. Um, mm. And I think people saw that, you know, people saw then that the fact that he was actually quite a good vice president for Trump. I mean, I, I reject him. I hate all of his policies. He's everything I support he's against. So it's a yeah, it's not a personal thing, but it's a definitely something that I think should be more recognised and why people vote for Trump is my pencil is a very Christian, easy Republican. Yeah, yeah, and the Republicans have relied on that vote, mm. you know, going back to Reagan and Nixon. Yeah, where they really mobilised this kind of Christian mm. right, and yeah, I think they probably. I think the Republicans lost quite a few of those voters this year because of how Trump dealt with Corona mm-hmm. and the fact that Biden doesn't actually represent much of a move away yeah. from core Republican values in terms of, you know, going to war and economic kind of um, neoliberalism yeah. and stuff like that. They're kind of, they're pretty happy with all those things. And also with him being, I think, with Biden being a Catholic as well and actually being religious. I mean, Trump says he's religious, Biden actually is religious. That's something that I think drew a lot of religious people to him, you know, since, um, especially in sort of areas like in Boston, there, uh, where there's a lot, a Catholic area, a Catholic majority, in, you know, people of Irish descent that have moved to places like Boston and, and areas of New York mm. would have really gone towards Biden, I think, for that. And also because, yeah, he's a very straight down the road, middle, uh, middle, uh, middle Democrats. I mean, the big liberal thing for him was having Kamala Harris on his ticket, which I think is still very... Which is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I will say, though, is they keep chatting about... Um, like obviously, she's the first female VP, mm-hmm. uh, but she's not the first person of colour to be on the ticket. So I think it was uh, Woodrow Wilson's in that 1910s. Oh, really? His VP was of, like, Native American descent. And, like, oh, actually, wow. I had a... Like, Google. I think he's definitely like it says on his Wikipedia, the most reliable source that yeah. um, he was he was from a, he was from a, a certain uh, area of, of a, a Native American sort of area. And right. Yeah. So it's not the first one ever, but it's definitely a, yeah. a big step forward. Yeah. And but, again, all, all like again, it didn't sway any well any important majority of uh, like minority voters just to have Kamala Harris on the ticket. You know, they still, a lot of them still voted for Trump. Um, and I'd be surprised if any of the, like, Bernie people were convinced by her being on the ticket as well. I think it's more just kind of surface-level pandering, I think. Yeah. I think the fact that Biden's so boring is probably a good thing because it like cooled everyone down. Yeah. Like, we... Yeah. Two people died in the build up to this, like one on each side, like in the streets. Mm-hmm. Like one Republican, one Democrat died in like the riots and shit. And like you'd think like that could be enough to like kick off like a full on. Civil war, mm. 
Yeah, I didn't even want to say solar wall because I feel like <laughs> by saying it, I'm like <laughs> tempting it to happen. Most Americans are too obese. They won't even get off the sofa. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think there'll be much of a civil war. It's all like pretend Antifa. And no, but it's not that pretend though because two people died. Yeah, but out of like 360 million, it's not like people die in the street every day, unfortunately. Yeah. I know it is different because of the, the context and the, and the situation. Yeah. What I mean is like one mass event could like mm-hmm. start a chain reaction, but it's not going yeah, to. Yeah. I'm I, trying I think... to not manifest things with my words. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, but like, I feel like it could. Like that's the like state of America. Yeah. It's yeah. probably closer than it has been for a long time. There very much could be a, another civil war. I mean, like I remember watching a, a parody thing of, of George W. Bush leading a uh, break leader the new uh southern southern union where that like texas and everything break off and have a fight with the unions i can imagine donald trump stationed in florida <laughs> taking texas and tennessee yeah. and all those areas and creating a new civil war against antifa it was the proud boys the antifa yeah so that is a, it's a very depressing time for yeah Americans. but there's like i don't think anyone in antifa and i don't think anyone in people like groups like the Proud Boys, I don't think they're legitimately going to start anything, like maybe in very small groups, but it's mostly Twitter. This culture war is mostly um, happening online on social media. Is that true though? Because it doesn't social media then bleed into reality? Yeah, but but you don't speak to each other in the same way. Yeah, Yeah. like I think, I think a lot of, there's always a lot of talk on social media, especially on Twitter. You know, but when I think probably eighty percent of the time it doesn't maximize the real life. You know, there are there are definitely yeah. people that get a kick and enjoy trolling people on on Twitter. Whether it's it's the right wing trolling the the college educated left wing socialists yeah. or the left wing socialists trolling the alt right Americans, there's always going to be that on social media. And obviously, it's been very much heightened by Donald Trump. But the, the the thing that would come to us is usually be, it'd be a conflict of rallies. So, for example, if there's yeah. a a you know an alt right riot um, rally next to a socialist uh, defund the police rally, then that's where you're going to definitely get some conflict. And there's someone's going to probably come out with a, an AR-15 and just ruin it. Yeah, because I, I still I still think if you look at all the protests that have been happening in America for months, and I know like the streets have been on fire and I know that people have been injured and killed. But if I said to you, there's been rioting in the streets of America for six months and buildings are burning down and the police are kind of not sure what to do about it. I think you might actually assume that things would be a lot worse. I think you'd assume more injuries and more actual confrontation would have happened. It seems to be just the one side. If there's a, a right, an alt-right rally, they kind of whip themselves up into a frenzy and they might mm. smash some stuff. And then if you have a radical left kind of protest, they also whip themselves up into a frenzy um, and start smashing shit. But very rarely do they seem to actually confront each other. I mean, I've been to a couple of protests in England, so not as mental. Mm. But you've had like a Black Lives Matter protest and then you've had an All Lives Matter protest huddled around the kind of cenotaph or whatever. 
and you can walk past each other and there might be some shouting and waving of signs but i've never seen anyone just kind of throw a punch or yeah yeah but like i don't know i think people feel more angry than they actually are yeah and but but if you look at history then like history shows that wars happen quite regularly yeah and so i think it's like quite idealistic or optimistic to just be like no one will actually do anything Mm. yeah well it's hopeful and it's certainly i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility but also all like at the risk of sounding slightly conspiratorial all the people who profit off end of war live in america and england so they're not going (laughs) to want an actual war happening in their country even i mean yeah maybe that's not too hopeful a point to rest your I think also what's interesting about this is that as much as we don't like Donald Trump, he's I think he's the first president in a long time to not have to start a war in his mm. first term. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He he's been quite a peaceful president. I mean, he's, he he put a peace process going on in, in, in uh, by moving from the uh, U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. Mm. He's he's kind of he, he's also that's why he's been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. You know, yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, <laughs> uh, you know he's, he's so he's been a very you know down the road peaceful. A president in terms of like not starting wars and stuff mm. like that you know there was that anxiety which is rightly so at the beginning to uh him for him to have the, the nuclear codes and yeah. what it would do but he's you know surprisingly not done anything i remember uh, talking to one of my uh one of my friends of my course and we'll, we'll think of the idea imagine if donald trump was president during 9 11 and how that would have panned out mm. i think he would have Blitzed them in about a minute and not even thought about it. he would have just nuclear you know, nuclear codes <laughs> nukes it and it would have been it would have been done in the morning. Yeah. He wouldn't even consider a peace process. <laughs> he would have been so angry at the fact yeah. how <laughs> I think be more before the second plane yeah. flew in, it'd he'd be like, like, it. <laughs> like if he, if he, he wouldn't do it because he would say like how close it was to the Trump Tower. How, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, he's gotta be by his own end. So yeah, that was the, the dangerous thing is that there was lucky that there was no real Major, uh, you know, probably the uh, you know a couple of the the in-ground terrorist shootings like the, like the Vegas shooting and the and the yeah. uh, gate and the the Orlando shootings and whatever. Yeah, they, you, don't, you don't really care much about them because that's that involves guns. It's pretty standard yeah. in America, isn't it? They're all used to. They're all shootings. they're all very very much used to it. But when it's like something like that, that's uh, actually could when it's someone else. When it's not an American yeah. killing an American, they they want um That's when they get a bit more uh, intense about it. Mm. Do you they, do you think the guns make it more or less? likely that shit will hit the fan i think it definitely heightens it i think it i think yeah. because the it is a ridiculous idea of how easy it is to get going i mean for us it was when um the the, the dunblane shooting happened in in scotland in the mid 90s when the uh, the guy came in the handgun and shot people in the primary school that was enough for us to just ban all guns uh, you know yeah most countries yeah if there's a big so i think like new Australia zealand or yeah new zealand, zealand had one yeah because they averaged so many gun shootings, you'd like, you know, there was something I remember, I think it was on the Trevor podcast saying, uh, mm. I think this, this, uh, the second where um, the Sandy Hook shooting happened, and the second that they didn't take away guns after mowing down five, six year olds, like 10, 10, 20 of them, that's when we realized there's no, there's no hope, there's no desire, they're never going to change it. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be an AR 15 in someone's wardrobe. You know, it's it's and the idea the fact that it's in the constitution, but things have changed since you know. I mean, a lot of life has changed since the constitution. I mean, 
Although I'd say the only way to counter argument is saying, well, if you want a gun, then you can have a musket. Yeah. Like a yeah. gun from that. And they say, like, so then they you know, try and marry now somebody, you've got to, you know, actually reload when it <laughs> takes about 40 minutes to reload. That's, you know, if you want, yeah, if you want your gun, that's, that's what you can get. That's the only way I can see respecting the constitution, mm. which should be, you know, revamped mm. and uh, allowing people to better have guns. It's a sad sight, really, in America. Okay, I need to leave soon. So let's ha- end on a positive, happy note. Somebody say something happy. I mean, the, the main positive thing is Trump isn't in office anymore. Uh, we're going to have a very down-the-road president in Joe Biden who probably won't finish out his term. So we're going to have our first female He's going to die first. <laughs> yeah. He'll <laughs> have, have a fucking heart attack by the time yeah. he gets into 2022. And we might, we might end in 2024 with our first... Uh, female black presidents and that is something to be excited and, ex- and something to look forward to and maybe we could have a Labour government to, ca- to, to count that in the 2024 election <laughs> that's what a bit of excitement to have there you go the neoliberal elite will return to power once again mm-hmm. and we'll all be safe in daddy's arms <laughs> <laughs> fantastic okay thank you there you go Let's let's make sure we finish counting the votes first, though, everyone. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to find a good time to release. There's there's a lot of shit going on with that at the moment, I think. Yeah. When Trump does his next mental statement, we'll release the pod with it. Yeah. There's loads of, like, fake fake fraud things now online. Yeah. Have you heard of Project Veritas? Uh, No. It's like an undercover journalist group. It's very, like, right-wing and a bit untrustworthy but they've had they've had some good stuff with like undercover mics and undercover cameras and stuff but they've had a lot about like um ballot harvesting and um all this kind of stuff but i don't know how legitimate it is because it it seems it's just like videos of some random democrat who says he's got a a sack full of votes and there's, there's no core evidence really. there's no core so, evidence of, the, of voter fraud at all there's nothing that i've seen from the, even when donald trump did his press conference there's no yeah. evidence that he suggested that put forth voter fraud even when german rudy giuliani whatever his name is mm. did his press conference outside the four seasons uh garden center where it was yeah next to the crematorium in the sex shop it was you know as if it, <laughs> as if it, as if you want a good visual representation of the end of a Trump presidency, <laughs> it's Trump's lawyer outside, not the Four Seasons Hotel, but the Four Seasons Garden Center next to a crematorium and a sex shop talking about talking about voter fraud with no substantial evidence. Perfect. That after just being exposed in Borat 2. Yeah. That is the perfect end to a Trump presidency. There you go. I love it. <laughs> That's a good end. That's a good end to the, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice one. Ricky, Jake, what would you like for breakfast? A few more years of paradise Then I'll go to find my maker Shake the dice
See.